You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Belinda Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So I just want to pray and say, Father, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your grace, Father. Thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for the moment that you decided man needs a companion, Father, a woman. And Father, thank you that you created us in your likeness and your image. And I thank you, Father, that today we can just lift up women across South Africa, Father, women across this nation, women across the world, Father. And we can petition our cause before you this morning, Lord Jesus. Awaken the mighty warriors at home, Father, the mighty women that have been silenced, Father. We pray for them this morning, the women that have been suffering abuse, Father. We pray for those women this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, women, pray with me this morning. We pray for those women this morning, Father. We pray that your Holy Spirit will enter that situation and put an end to everything that is not of you, Father. We pray for divine intervention in their lives, Father, in the lives of their children. Father, take what is broken and make it new, Lord. Not just new, make it spectacular, Father. We ask this morning for women, Father. We pray for women. And we ask you, Jesus, have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on us as we minister to our husbands, Father, as we minister to our children, as we minister to our friends, our family, Father. Give us the grace and mercy that comes from your throne. And this morning, we just commit the service to you, Father. May, may your people hear your voice upon my voice, Father. And may everything I say bring glory to your mighty name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I was, talk, I was really just um, meditating about this morning and thinking, what are we going to speak about this morning? And, and the Holy Spirit just put it in my heart to speak about no shame because of his name. No shame because of his name. One of the heaviest burdens we can carry is the burden of guilt and shame. Who has not carried the burden of guilt and shame? Or should I rather say, who has carried the burden of guilt and shame? Can you raise your hands this morning? I've got my hand right up there with you, ladies. Amen? Because this is one of the greatest traps of the enemy for women today. Guilt and shame has been around from the beginning of time, from the beginning of Adam and Eve. But what it does to you is detrimental. How often have you done something that you've been ashamed of and you feel overwhelmed with guilt? How long do you want to carry these burdens? Days? Weeks? Or years? Romans 8 verse 1 says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can you say with me, when God sees me, He sees my heart through the eyes of his mercy, in the light of his son. That, if you can take that sentence home today, I've achieved something. Amen. Can you say that again? Say, when God sees me, he sees my heart through the eyes of his mercy, in the light of his son. When God sees you, woman, he sees you through the eyes of his mercy, in the light of his son. He sees you through the eyes of his love, through the eyes of his compassion, through the eyes of his mercy. Gentlemen, yourselves as well. But in John 4, we see a woman at the well. Her life was a disaster. She comes in the middle of the day in the blazing sun to come get water because she, she's carrying guilt and shame. You see, in those days, they wouldn't come in the middle of the day. You would get water in the beginning of the day or at the end of the day when the sun was setting or the sun was rising. When the sun was rising or the sun was setting. 
<laughs> Amen? <laughs> but she decided she's coming in the, blazing, in the blazing sun because she could not draw water without getting a comment or a whisper or a condemning look. She felt ashamed and unworthy. Is that you this morning? In Luke 8, we see another woman. She had the issue of blood for 12 years. All the time, she felt unclean, uncomfortable, and uncomforted. She was isolated. She could not move between people. It kind of felt like her, like she lived in a permanent pandemic, right? Do you agree with me? She couldn't move around someone. She couldn't touch someone because if she touched someone, that person would be unclean as well. Doesn't that kind of feel like Corona? <laughs> Amen. Her condition was, and her shame was not because of something she had done. It was because of something that had happened to her. You see, church, sometimes we carry shame because of things we've done. And other times we carry shame because of things other people have done to us. But she longed to see Jesus. She'd heard about the Savior that was touching and changing lives. And she longed to see Jesus, but she just waited for that moment to touch the fringe of his garment. But how could she ask in the middle of this whole crowd? People were going to shame her and, and, and pull her down and, and tell her to go away because she was unclean. She felt unworthy to approach Jesus because of her situation. Is that maybe you this morning? In John 12, Mary Magdalene, oh, Mary Magdalene, isn't she an amazing young woman that, I'm saying she's young in Jesus' name, we stay young till we're 120, amen? <laughs> she took the expensive perfume meant to be the tool to remove her shame. Remember, she'd, she'd worked for that perfume for a year. It was a year's wages. It was her ticket out of her shame. And she anointed Jesus. She valued Jesus more than her shame. Can you say that this morning? Can you say you value Jesus more than your shame? Because if you value Jesus more than your shame, you will put Jesus' words above your shame. And you will take him at what he says. You see, the woman at the well listened to what Jesus said. She believed in him. And her life was changed. Amen. Her shame was birthed to her own actions. That gives us hope today because if our shame is birthed through our own actions, I said to the team this morning, I said, how many times do you purpose in your heart, I'm going to read 30 chapters. I'm going to get up at 4 a.m. I'm going to read 30 chapters. And before the day begins, I'm going to make sure that I've spent at least three hours in prayer. And then the alarm goes off and you don't stand up. <laughs> Who's ever played in that movie? <laughs> then automatically the devil who still kills and destroys comes to tell you how pathetic you are. Is that not the truth? But remember, I have been telling you, God looks at your heart through the eyes of his mercy in the light of his son. As long as your heart is pursuing to get to God, as long as your heart is longing to do that, and as soon as you get there, God has grace and mercy with you in that moment while you're still getting there. Adam and Eve, they, they are the most amazing people in the Bible, amen? This is where shame started, with Adam and Eve, right? Can we speak about their story? God had created this beautiful earth. He put in the most divine garden. He put in all the plants you can imagine, all the trees you can imagine, the most beautiful fruit. And then he creates man in his image and he breathes life into him. Right? Are you with me this morning? Then God walks with Adam. He wants to be with Adam. And then later on, he creates woman to complete Adam. 
Amen. Amen, men. Hallelujah. All the men in the front row. <laughs> Amen. We're just in the house of the Lord, and I'm just real with you this morning. Can we just be real? Because sometimes we come with so many pretenses into the house of God. We come with so many masks on and so many, so many things that we've planned and how it should go and how it would go. And why don't you just come like you are? Why don't you just come like you are and say, God, I just need you. I just need your touch this morning. And in Genesis 2 verse 25, it says, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. No shame. This was the plan from the beginning. Adam was walking with God with no guilt, no shame, no condemnation. Remember, Satan cannot create. He can torment what God has created, but he cannot create. And his whole purpose in life today is to still kill and destroy. And you know what his main weapon is with women? Shame. Can I hear hallelujah for the ladies outside? Yeah, the ladies are sitting outside, hallelujah. <laughs> but directly after this, something happens. In Genesis 3 verse 6, it says, When the woman saw that the fruits of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. They were guilty. What are you guilty of this morning? Because remember, church, there's a difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is feeling bad about what you do. Shame is feeling bad about who you are. Can I say that again? Guilt is feeling bad about what you do. Shame is feeling bad about who you are. You should never ever feel bad about who you are. You were never created to carry guilt and shame, amen? Guilt says, I've made a mistake. Shame says, I am the mistake. Do you see the difference? Who's played in this movie? Guilt and shame movie. I've been in either one of them, amen? This is not what God has planned. Guilt is an awareness of failure. You're aware that you failed God, but you want to get it right. Shame is a sense of failure before people. Adam and Eve felt shame and hid from God. Can I go on with the story this morning? Genesis 3 verse 7 to 10 says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked so I hid. Do you hide from God when you feel guilt and shame? You see, if we look at God, God was, do you really think God didn't know what they'd done before he came down? Let's just think about this for a moment. God knew what he, they had done and he still came to meet them. God knew that they, they, they'd violated the boundaries that he'd given them and he still came down to meet them. Why? Because God wanted to be with him. But Adam and Eve were hiding. Adam was thinking about how God was going to view him and his wife. What would God say now? Right? He was worried about the judgment that God would give him, so he hid away. Shame makes you lower your opinion of yourself, and it brands you as damaged goods. 
I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter what you've gone through, whether the shame you have on your life is brought on by yourself or by those outside of yourself or around you or your family or your husband or your spouse or your friend or your family or whatever. Shame does not belong on any woman. Can I hear an amen? Can I really hear an amen like we mean it this morning? Shame does not belong on any woman. Whether you've done something and you have shame or whether the shame on you is from others, it's not your portion. It's not part of who you are. It attacks your self-worth and your relationships and it pushes you into isolation. When I've done something wrong, I want to run away and hide. Aren't we the same as Adam and Eve today? As soon as I've done something wrong, I want to run away from God and go and hide. Right? Many times, ladies, and this is something you need to fight with all your heart, shame is triggered by a memory or by your own self-talk. You know, sometimes we can see something and we don't even know actually what's going on and we can create this whole scenario around what we're experiencing and it's not even happening. How can you say somebody doesn't like you by just looking at them? <laughs> right? Doesn't that happen? She doesn't like me. How do you know that? She, I can just see she doesn't like me. <laughs> right? Instead of putting on the garments of praise and saying, you know what, the world really just loves having me around. <laughs> right? And if they don't experience that right now, they're just a little bit uninformed. But they're going to really get to know how amazing I am. Amen? What if we started taking the stand of being really the children of the Most High God, the princesses of God? Shame is a feeling that informs you. It becomes, it's not the part of the real you. God never created you with a shame block. The real you is your spirit. You were never created to carry shame. Your spirit can dominate your flesh and change your shame into something amazing. Shame came after sin. God did not create the beautiful world and put shame in a garden. God did not put a shame tree in the garden, right? Are you with me, ladies? Yes. This is not part of your kingdom benefits. Amen? Shame will keep you from believing in God's grace. Shame will keep you from believing in God's grace. It will make you forget that God forgives you and will take you to a place where you turn away from God. Can I read Isaiah 54 verse 4? It's the most beautiful, beautiful scripture. It says, do not fear for your shame is no more. Do not be embarrassed for you will not be disgraced. You will forget the inadequacies you felt in your youth. Can you say with me when God sees me? He sees my heart through the eyes of his mercy in the light of his son. Can we say that again? When God sees me, he sees my heart through the eyes of his mercy in the light of his son. Can you get that for one moment? If you can just take that sentence home this morning, you're going to have revival this week. Amen? So three steps to help you to overcome shame in your lives. Do you want to know? Step one, stop the actions leading to shame. Stop the conversation. The conversation could be with yourself. How many have conversations with themselves? So stop those conversations with yourself and with others. Would you mind stop saying that you're not okay? 
Can we start saying, you know what, I might not be okay today, but the grace of God is there for me to be okay tomorrow. Can we stop saying that we're going under, that we're not worthy, and we can start saying, you know what, I'm worthy. Because you know what, if you don't stop it, it will stop you. If you don't stop these conversations, they're going to stop you. You have to take control of the conversations. And ladies, I can tell you the biggest conversations we have is up here in our minds, where nobody's listening except Jesus Christ and God and the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Amen? We need to stop those conversations. You know, I'm just going to add something, and it's not in my notes this morning, but Gideon was called a hero before he had fought a battle. Gideon, while he was hiding in the, in the threshing his wheat away from the enemy, was already called a hero before he'd fought a battle. Because God came to him and he said, mighty man. What was mighty about Gideon right there? Because you know what? We see ourselves in a different way than when God sees us. When God sees us, he sees mighty woman. And we sing, oh my word, girl, we just need to get through today and get to bed tonight and just get everything done in the house that I can pick up my Bible, <laughs> right? But you know what? Gideon had to fight a battle inside before he fought a battle on the outside. And this is what I'm talking about this morning. You need to fight the battle on the inside, those conversations that are not of God and stop them before you can fight battles on the outside. I don't think you heard me this morning. You have to fight those battles on the inside before you can fight your battles on the outside. Are you ready to do this, ladies? We are ready to take it. What if for one moment you just believed what God said about you? What if for one moment you just put all your insecurities aside and you were who God saw you as? How would this world look? Because God sees a mighty woman before she's even fought a battle. He doesn't see us as a disaster. Romans 8 verse 23 says, For we all have sinned and are in need of the glory of God. We have all sinned. Yet through his powerful declarations of acquittal, God freely gives away his righteousness, his gift of love and favor now cascades over us. All because of Jesus, the anointed one, has liberated us from the guilt, punishment and power of sin. Remember, Satan condemns you, the Holy Spirit convicts you. Whenever you feel something, you ask yourself, is it Satan condemning me or is it the Holy Spirit convicting me? Because conviction will never bring shame. Condemnation will bring shame. Right? That was my first point. Stop the conversations. Second point. I only have three. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Believe right. Believe right. Believing right means believing and receiving the righteousness of Jesus. This righteousness is about who Jesus is and not about who we are. Right? This is who Jesus was, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is who we are. The Israelites believed they looked like grasshoppers. Do you really think they looked like grasshoppers? Let's think about it for a minute. Who told them they looked like a grasshopper? And why a grasshopper? (laughs) Right? They said they looked like a grasshopper. No one had told them they looked like a grasshopper. That was their own conversations in their heads. Remember the ones I said, stop them before they stop you? That was their little conversation going up here, and they decided, goodness me, I look like a grasshopper. 
Who wants to look like a grasshopper? Ladies, right? But you know what? The devil can't wait to make us see ourselves as a grasshopper. Because when we're a grasshopper, we're nothing. But when we're a princess of the Most High, we are actually made in the likeness of God. And God can life and life can work through us. Amen? The decision is yours, though. Are you going to believe what the Bible says about you? Or are you going to believe what others say? Are you going to believe what your own conversation tells you? Because many times we have conversation based on our feelings, right? 1 Corinthians 5 says, He received our sin and we received His righteousness. He received my sin. He received my grasshopper status. Can I say that? <laughs> and we received His righteousness because of what He'd done. The awareness of His righteousness makes you aware of His loving presence. If you know the righteousness of God, you are aware of His presence. God is greater than your feelings. Even when you feel guilty and He knows everything. Ladies, big secret. Turn to your neighbor, say, God knows everything. <laughs> no, 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 you, this is a really great secret. You need to tell your other neighbors, say, God knows everything. <laughs> God knows what you have done, but none of that changes His desire for you. This scripture, ladies, is the most incredible scripture. It's one of my faves. 1 John 3 verse 20. It says, if your heart condemns us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Can I read it to you in the Passion Translation? This is amazing. It says, whenever our hearts make us feel guilty and remind us of our failures, does that fit into a bracket where we can fill in? We know that God is much greater and more merciful than our conscience, and He knows everything there is to know about us. Can you put this on your fridge? This is a great fridge scripture, right? That every time you go for milk or bread or Diet Coke, ladies, <laughs> you can read the scripture. Let your spirit start dominating your thoughts, because the more the spirit dominates your thoughts, the more your situation will change. Awaken to who God is and what he says about you. I really want to tell you this morning, awaken to who God says you are. The Spirit will always drive us to see ourselves as a righteous man or woman. Isaiah 50 verse 7 says, For the Lord God will help me. Therefore I shall not be confounded and I have set my face like flint. I know that I shall not be ashamed. Passion Translation says, The Lord Yahweh empowers me, so I am not humiliated. For that reason, with holy determination, I will do His will and not be ashamed. Amen? You will not be ashamed. Get that shame off of you. Can I hear a hallelujah? Can I, can I hear a real hallelujah that really like, like we believe it this morning? Ladies outside, scream with us, Hallelujah! Amen. You have the power and the anointing to be who God has called you to be. And you are a success. No one was born by mistake. No one was born without a destiny. No one was born without a dream. The problem is we don't believe it. We don't believe it. Us as women can go out there and get a world saved for God. But we can go and influence one person to come to church with me. 
Just say, come to church with me. Your life will never be the same. You are going to hear how God loves you. You are never going to be condemned in our church. You are never going to feel shame in our church. You are only going to believe how incredible God thinks you are. Amen? But you're going to have to show up and take responsibility for your beliefs. Can I say that again? You're going to have to show up and take responsibility for your beliefs. There are many times when the enemy comes to remind us of our weaknesses. But God promises that for every weakness he reminds us of, there's a hundred thousand strengths in him. Every time the enemy comes to remind you of a weakness, remember your God has a hundred thousand strengths working for you. Amen? When you are faced with shame, don't do what Adam did and hide from God. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus like Mary Magdalene. God, this is me. This is what I have. And you know what? God would be right there because in the garden, he came down and guess what he said to Adam? What was his first words? Where are you? Where are you? In our shame, God is saying, where are you? In our success, God says, where are you? In our great times, God says, where are you? In our weaknesses, God says, where are you? Because God doesn't change his mind. Amen. Tend to your neighbor, say, when God sees you, he sees you through the eyes of his mercy in the light of his son. Jesus is calling you to demonstrate his righteousness because he knows everything about you and still shows up. God will always show up. We think he doesn't or we think we have to hide away because that's our nature. <laughs> but God's nature is not our nature, amen? In Genesis 3 verse 8, they heard the voice of the Lord. They heard the voice of the Lord. The enemy wants you to be in the presence of the Lord but hide from him. But church, remember, in the presence is where God is and where there's healing and deliverance. In the presence is where peace and fullness of joy is. In the presence is where every answer to every problem is. In the presence of Jesus, there are treasures forevermore. You know the one place that you should hide? Can I give you the place that you're allowed to hide? Are you ready for this? You are allowed to hide in the shadow of the Almighty God. You are allowed to hide in his presence. And you know what, church, many times when the world has become a, quite a nasty place for me, the only place I can hide is in the presence of Jesus. You need to hide in the shadow of the Almighty. That is your place of hiding. When the world gets nasty, hide in the presence of of Jesus under the shadow of the Almighty. That's a safe place because all of us have fallen from glory. But Jesus came to restore the glory. The enemy came to drive you from his presence. When you feel you shouldn't go to church, guess what? It's exactly what you should do. Right? So when you've had a bad week and the enemy is reminding you of all the things you've done wrong, go to church. Why? Because in the body, we can start reminding ourselves, hey, God's still looking for us. He's saying, where are you? He's listening. He doesn't shun you from his presence. 
Shame is not just something we feel, it's something we wear. So this morning, who's gonna take off their garments of shame? Who's gonna take off the hat, the shirt, the shoes, the sunglasses, the lashes? <laughs> Amen, ladies? <laughs> lashes are great. <laughs> Amen? We need to undress ourselves of shame. Sometimes prophetically, you need to say, I just take off this hat of shame. And I take off this garment, and I take off these shoes, because they're ugly. We need to wear pretty shoes. God gives us Jesus shoes. Amen? And we start putting on the garment of praise. We start putting on the helmet of salvation, the garment of, of praise, the, the breastplate, the, the belt. They are much more beautiful, and they're clothed with the presence and the glory of God. Amen? I think girls look way better in a warrior outfit in any case. Amen? So we're going to put on our helmet of salvation, our righteous breastplate, our belt of truth, our feet shot with the gospel, the sword of the spirit, and the shield of faith. Amen? Because we just look great in an armor. Amen? Can I hear the girls say that? Amen? And we're not going to worry, and we're not going to wear the ugly clothes of guilt and shame and condemnation. Yucky. Ugh. It doesn't suit us. It's not our color. Amen? <laughs> You have the choice to live this life. Speak God's truth to your memories. Speak God's truth to your memories and your feelings. Say, memory, this, this memory, uh-uh. This does not line up with the word of God. I'm sorry, I'm gonna replace you. When that feeling comes of condemnation, uh-uh. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm walking with the Lord. Defeat and failure are things of the past. Amen? I dare you to be who God wants you to be. I dare you. I dare you to put on your armor and to be that mighty woman and mighty man that God has called you to be. Amen. Amen? Because when God sees you, he sees your heart through the eyes of his mercy in the light of his son. I'm going to ask you. <laughs> the last thing I'm going to say, and I've got, I'm coming in for a landing, is rehearse the truths of God's word about your situation. So if fear comes and knocks at your heart, let faith answer. Have your scriptures ready. We taught the children in the children's church last week. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Corona, go in the name of Jesus. Fear will not be my portion. This pandemic is not going to be who I am. I am not the pandemic. Right? So if this pandemic is teaching you to isolate and hate people because they can infect you, I am not that. I will put precautions in place that this world can sort itself out, but that is not who I am. I am not Corona. Amen? And I will continue to love people. I will continue to reach out to people. I will continue to want to be there for people because this is what this pandemic is teaching us to do, to isolate. 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 1.5 meters. Stay away. Super spreader. Right? This is not our portion. It's just a season. Isaiah 40 says, your God says to you, comfort, comfort my people with gentle, compassionate words. Speak tenderly from the heart to revive those in Jerusalem and proclaim that their warfare is over. Her debt of sin is paid for and she will not be treated as guilty. The NIV says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. She's received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Do you know what the context of that scripture was? 
In those days, the debt collectors would gather in a courtyard in the city and they would take sheepskins and they would write the debt owed on these sheepskins. Here's my lappy. So they would take a sheepskin and they would write the debt owed of that person on the sheepskin, right? And they would take this and they would nail it to a tree or to a fence that everybody could see to shame the debtors, right? What is the double that was, that was spoken about in the scripture? If this was on a tree with all my debts written on it and, I, and my hubby walked past here and he had mercy on me and he noticed my debt, he could go, he could, his heart could be moved and he could go pay my debt. And once that debt was paid, the debt that was hanging like this, It was doubled over and nailed back to the tree. Amen. Isn't that incredible? Once that debt was paid, it was doubled over so that no one could see my debt anymore. Isn't this what Jesus did? The cross was the greatest symbol of shame. Isaiah 61 says, instead of shame, you will receive double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Do you see how God was so in control? He took our debt, our shame, our condemnation, our guilt, and he had mercy on us. And he doubled that over that when people looked at me, they didn't see my shame, my debt, and my condemnation. Jesus nailed it to the tree. Amen? Remember, the cross was the greatest shame that anybody could, could, could have been given in those days. The greatest shame. So when Jesus hung on the cross, he took the greatest shame that you could have, and he put it on himself, and he, and he died on the cross. Today, the cross is a, is a symbol of hope, right? How many of us have a cross around our necks? In those days, it was the greatest shame. He nailed everything to the cross. Now I can look to him to deal with what I cannot deal with. That debtor couldn't deal with that shame. That debtor could not pay that debt. Because Jesus was on the cross, he now can deal with the things I cannot deal with. Amen? Jesus is bigger than your shame. Look to him, the author and the finisher of your faith. Last minute, I'm coming in for a landing. Rip off the shame, pull off the past, say, I'm tired of this. Answer when he calls, don't hide away, come out. He died for you without waiting for you to get it right. He died for you before you even believed in him. Decide that no more shame will hold me back. I'm casting my cares on him. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus, the perfecter of my faith. For the joy set before me, he endured the cross, scorning the shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen in the Passion Translation. I've got so much to say. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed the faith within us and who led us forward into faith's perfection. He's our example. He 
is our joy. He is our tomorrow. He took the shame away from Adam and Eve. He took the shame away from Esther. He took the shame away from Moses. He took the shame away from so many people. Peter. He removed Peter's shame and he didn't let Peter carry that for the rest of his life. He became the, the rock on which God built his church upon. Peter's disappointment in himself did not defer Jesus. Jesus came looking for him. Do you know it's in the Bible? After Peter denied Jesus at the fire, a few days later when Jesus rose from the dead, he went to meet Peter on the, on the um, shore at a fire. He went looking for Peter because he loved him. Church, God loves you. Don't run away from him. Can I hear you shout hallelujah? Amen. When God sees me, he sees my heart through the eyes of his mercy in the light of his son. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.